Looking for the coffee that can finally give you the flavor and experience you have been missing? Then your next order should come from cstatecoffee.com. C-State Coffee is premium, hand-selected, highest-grade available coffee that is roasted, unordered, delivered fresh to you. And right now, you can take 10% off your order by using the code GRIND10. That's G-R-I-N-D and the number 10 for 10% off your C-State Coffee order. Head over to cstatecoffee.com so you can enjoy the smoothest and most caffeinated coffee available. Start your day off right with C-State Coffee. This week on the Route 16 Grind, in the outdoor update, Ethan will cover the light at the end of the tunnel for COVID. In the From the Field, I will share a challenging day that resulted in success. Instructor 1 from Riker USA covers Part 4 of Everyday Carry on On Target. In the Rock, Mud, and Dirt, I talk about two off-roading driving simulation games that might make a gamer out of me. Then we wrap up the show with a cup of joe. Route 16 Grind, Episode 21. Success! The Route 16 Grind is sponsored by C-State Coffee, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, and Route 16 Off-Road. The Route 16 Grind, the podcast for outdoor adventurers. Each week, we bring you information related to off-road and outdoor activities. If you wheel, hunt, fish, overland, or are an all-around adventurer, this podcast is for you. Each week, we pour a cup of sea steak coffee and talk about informative topics, the gear, and the training that can help you have a successful outdoor adventure. We have amazing contributors and some great conversation. So, grab your cup and enjoy the show. Here are your hosts. Hey, welcome back to the Route 16 Grind. I am Brian, and I'm with Ethan once again. Ethan, it's great to be back, brother. It's great to be back. What's going on, everybody? How was your week? Well, I've been pretty darn busy still, man. I mean, I'm stacked every day with stuff, and it's hard to believe that. It's I know it's like crazy, but it's like I, I think a lot of it is just people that now have a little bit of time on their hands that you need to, uh, oh, yeah, man, you get back with Brian. <laughs> Call me up, man. So what about you? I know, like you said, it's like, I feel like I should be getting a lot of beauty rest and uh, <laughs> getting all this stuff done, but it's just, I feel slammed because I'm not on a normal schedule because, you know, working working 50% manning, it's like you can't get into a, roove, a groove or a rhythm, so it's, and then the time I'm off, you're trying to flip schedules from, you know, working night shift and trying to be productive during the days, it's just... It wears on you. I'm beat. I'm I'm actually ready to go back to uh, normalcy. Yeah, I, I am too. And I think some of that's coming in there. Uh, I know that far as our state, like, you know, the 8th is kind of like the magic day where things are slowly but surely starting to open up. So that's kind of cool. But, you know, one thing I was going to tell you, man, um, I did get one of those inertia way. Well, a couple of those inertia way bands, the one that you actually have to have a partner. And me and my mm-hmm. son have been using that. It takes a little bit of coordination on some things you just got to get used to. But I, I will tell you what, that thing, yeah. I mean, you start going through the, the motions of that, uh, I can tell you that product right there, we'll put in the show notes. There's a discount code from Instructor One, Ron from Riker USA. You got to check that out, y'all. I've used it and I know that my body will go through a transformation with it. <laughs> yeah, it sure beats. I need to get one too. I, I'm I'm enthralled with the product and I really want to try it out because I'm just right now with the gyms being closed. And I mean, my other, you know, absolute obsession endeavor in life is I do competitive bodybuilding. So it's like with the gyms being closed, I am stuck to I get my old rucksack out. I got my Alice filled with 45 pound pig egg and I just go. And that's yep, my cardio. You got to do it. You got to no do change it, man. In that. Other than that, I've got two 40-pound dumbbells, a pull-up bar, and my body weight. So it's you just got to make it work. But I definitely would want to give that thing a try. Dude, I still got about 12 tons of rocks. I'm moving around my pool right now. So, you know, you can come on over anytime. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate your posts and feedback. One of the best ways to help out the show is to post a five-star review on 
with your feedback on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. This helps us grow the Route 16 Grind audience, and we also get a chance to hear from you. So if you love the show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts today. The Outdoor Update is brought to you by Tuffy Security Products. Having your vehicle broken into is not a laughing matter. Trust Tuffy Security Products to stop opportunistic thieves. Tuffy is the industry leader in automotive security and provides peace of mind when you walk away from your rig. Durable and easy to install. Tuffy Security Products has adventure-ready consoles, drawers, and lockboxes available for you to organize your rig and secure your gear. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. Remember to lock it up. Welcome back to the Outdoor Update. This is the weekly segment where we provide you with stories, news, information from the recent going-ons in the outdoor world. And this week... I, as Brian said in the intro, want to shed just a little bit of optimism for this time that we're in. So uh, uh, the coined phrase, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that that's very fitting because like Brian mentioned, the 8th, which is tomorrow from the day of recording, um, we should start to see a progression towards, you know, and I've I'm reluctant to say a return to normal or will we see a new normal? (laughs) What is normal after something like this? But uh, in doing some research, scouring around, seeing what information I could bring you guys, um, the information was right in front of my nose. Uh, Surfing through some of my social media accounts, uh, getting hit up by some of the dudes I shoot with competitively in the circuit. Uh, they're starting to hold some of the shoots again. The uh, first leg of the Triple Crown for the IBO is going to be held here shortly. Uh, that's up in West Virginia. Uh, not sure what state you guys are from, you know, but just uh, just bear in mind and start to think about what things are starting to reopen. I reached out to some of the uh, brands that I'm an ambassador for, and you know what once was factories shut down have now gone to 50% manning which once was 50% manning are starting to come back to a new normal uh logisticians are starting to increase their route productivity and we're starting to uh see the cycle you know return to somewhat a bit of a you know normal state with getting goods dispersed to the people and uh seeing some of the events that were once indefinitely postponed now have rescheduled solidified dates total archery challenge was supposed to be this month up in seven springs i like to shoot that every year uh you know they were reluctant and very amped to cancel most of their season which is only about a a month and a half stretch they they run this uh you know extreme shoot in about five different states over the course of a month so it's a it's a high flow, you know, little tour that they put on. And like I said, one of the stops that I usually shoot is up in Pennsylvania. And I actually received an email about a week ago that stated, hey, we're good to go. It got rescheduled for September, but hey, you know, at least we uh, we got something to look forward to. Uh, a lot of fisheries, state parks and things like that I've heard from some friends in other states are now opening up. It's no longer illegal or you won't get a ticket to social distance and self-isolate while you're fishing. But hey, here nor there. So I I think that this is a good time to look at something. I, I myself am guilty of being a pessimist. So I think that it's a good time to be flip that switch, be an optimist, you know, know and recognize what we have to look forward to and start to see that things are going to be opening back up for us to enjoy yeah, I'm ready. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I and as we shared in the last few shows, you know, I, I've been pretty kind of active. I, I understand certain things are closed, but that just opens the door for something, another activity that maybe you haven't been on. And, and I've been focused on things that I need to get done, but it's going to be great getting back. And I know for you specifically, you know, shooting the bow competitively, that's a that's a spot that was has been missing. You're ready to get back in there um, and, you know, fine tune your skill set. Absolutely. And at, like you said, it that doesn't mean that, you know, most people have just sat around. I mean, I hope in some way, shape or form, you took some sort of skill and honed it, whether it was shooting, whether it was fishing, whether it was hunting, whether it was, uh, heck, reloading. Uh, 
you know, I know that's something my dad's passionate about and he's taken some of this time, um, to play with some rounds and things like that. But whatever you did uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, with your nutrition, I hope that you took this time to, you know, just take something and, you know, take something with a negative connotation and turn something positive out of it. The Red Warren Badge says you're equipped to handle anything, ready to conquer any challenge that may come your way. That badge has stood for off-road excellence for more than 70 years. During that time, we haven't stopped innovating or striving for perfection. Be ready. Be prepared. Go Warren. When you hear the calls, you know we have a report from the field. And as my show title states, there was success on my recent turkey hunting adventure. Now, this is an adventure, so to speak. Now, I got up about 4.30 in the morning and got all dressed, got ready, had all my, my Jeep already packed up, ready to go, grab the stuff, and I head out there. And I stop, I get my cooler with ice, I grab some breakfast, all that. So I actually get to the area that I'm hunting at, and it's a private farm. I've hunted before and I hunted last year. I think I brought it up on a show this last fall. I was uh, hunting deer out there. So it was, it was a very, it was an area I was very familiar with. And, but one of the things is we've had a lot of storms and I should have known this when I'm driving into this field, there's a lot of sand and wash coming in and I went to go park. So th- th- this, this basically is like a chicken farm off to the West then it's a lot of like hay fields and they might have like soybean or something like that, depending on the season. And then there's a, a wood, large wooded area in the center of this property with two ponds. So I was going to go park off by the, well, one of the, the ponds. And uh, as I was driving in there, um, I'm going down this decline. My left front tire just literally bottoms out from under me. So what happened was there was a lot of road erosion and it was still dark. So I was trying to get in there about, about 530 and the sun came up about 630. So I could already be all set in, ready to go once the sun came up, uh, start, you know, working the turkey. And I was like, crap. So I literally had to climb out of my Jeep, <laughs> literally climb out of my Jeep and assess what was going on. Well, it was literally sitting, the front end was sitting on my Dana 44 axle and my right tire was semi-tucked to the back part of that inner fender of that right front wheel. And then both my rear tires were actually still uh, there. Now, I knew just by the way it was leaning, there's no way I'm just going to back up out of this, nor would I want to risk that. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to winch out. So one of the great things about what I do is I'm always talking about recovery gear while I was prepared. I had a Warren Zeon 10S winch with a remote. I have a Factor 55 Epic hook, ultra hook, I should say, a Factor 55 ultra hook, dead man off-road, four-foot dead loop, and ruggedized soft shackle, a shackle, and a traction jack traction board. All those elements I had with me, and I was able to utilize to make a safe recovery. So I immediately came in, and I you know, got my winch, released it, pull it out, found an anchor point. And the cool thing about the dead man uh, off-road recovery kit, if there was not a tree out there that I could, you know, hook up to, I absolutely had the capability to dig in, fill it in, and make a ground anchor or an earth anchor out of that dead man off-road kit. It was, I was just really confident about this. Now, understand, I'm doing all this dark, so I got a headlamp, everything. So I bring my line out. I put my... uh, Dead man uh, off-road four-foot dead loop around the tree, basically my uh, tree saver. And then I go ahead and put the soft shackle and hook it up to the uh, the uh, ultra hook. And then I go ahead and tighten up my line, reel it in. And then I utilize that. And I'm now the the vehicle itself, It my anchor point is about 30 degrees off the vehicle. Okay, so I'm actually pulling the vehicle toward the tree at, you know, like a one o'clock, two o'clock position to bring my Jeep at least up. And so what I was fortunate was it was was very soft sand. So as I was doing that recovery, I was able to bring the left front tire actually up on an angle onto some somewhat stable, solid sand. 
So once I got to that point where I felt, okay, hey, this is probably a good point where I could go ahead and start trying to do a slow crawl backwards, I put my traction jack recovery board out on my back right front tire. And the reason I did that, I didn't want it to dig in. I didn't know really what was going to happen when I started crawling back. I wanted to ensure I had one tire that had absolute traction on there. And so I put it on that that one specifically. And I was able to take part, take go ahead and wrap up my uh, winch line and then start crawling back and recovering. And everything went great. Was able to put everything back. Very safe. It was very challenging. But right now it's like 6.30. Sun's already coming up. I haven't even made one call yet. Now I got to go out, set my decoys, walk to my spot, set my decoys up. I had a hand decoy and I had a Jake. So I set those up and I started making calls. And this went on for about three hours. Call, nothing, you know. So a little bit of a yelp, you know, the little, you know, sweet Susie call. You got that going on. I'm like, man, I'm trying to trying to get something stirred up. Nothing. And about probably about the hour and a half mark, I see this, hear this like going by. It was a freaking turkey that actually flew about 40 yards away from me over the pond. And I was like, holy cow, at least I know they're there, but I'm still calling nothing. I'm not getting anything back. So about 10, 1030, I start hearing a truck come up, right? And I'm thinking, son of a gun. I'm thinking it's either a farmer or maybe a ranch hand, something like that's coming up. Nope. Just two guys wanted to go fishing. And literally I'm all like, you know, turkeyed out. I got my camouflage on all that. And so I, I, I wave my hand cause I obviously got my shotgun and all that. And I want to spook anybody. And obviously, I don't want them to come run me over. And so I wave, and guy drives up, goes, "Hey, what's up, man? We're going fishing." Da, da, da. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm turkey hunting." And they're like, "All right." And so I'm just assessing this, like, "Okay, I got my shotgun. I don't know where this turkey come in. I got guys who are going to be fishing next to me. It just what's. I didn't feel comfortable about this. I don't know these individuals, but because I'm prepared." I got my fish pole. So you know what? I'll just go fish with you guys. These guys got their John boat. They put the boat in. I'm on the bank. I'm fishing and I'm catching bluegill and I'm throwing, I'm catching and just releasing them and all that. This goes on for a little while then, but as I'm fishing, I'm still doing calls. I haven't given up. I mean, it sounds like I gave up, but I didn't give up every now and then I do a call and these guys are kind of smiling. I know they're chuckling like this dude. It's crazy. But every now and then you would hear this little yelp off in the distance. I was like, Oh my goodness. And the first one you could see their heads go up and obviously my head go up like, Oh my goodness. So I was getting a little bit of action there. So these guys were there for a couple hours and then they finally called it like, Hey, yeah, we're leaving all that. Well, I'm thinking, okay, I can go back to my decoys and kind of like walk around them. But I thought I figured I would go ahead and glass them first. So I put my decoys around some sand and, you know, a little bit of grass up on this, uh, you know, tall, you know, like ridge, if you will, that goes up into the field, but I'm in a depression. So I get up to a point where I can glass over those, um, decoys to see if there's anything that's stirred around any ground difference, you know, scratching, fustering, whatever, nothing. So I do a couple more calls. I don't hear anything. And then I go recover the decoys. Cause I'm like, these things aren't doing anything. So I'm just going to recover them as I'm recovering the decoys. I'm hearing another faint call out to the front right of these wooded areas. And I'm thinking, okay, I need to reposition myself. I mean, I can faintly hear it. I'm kind of deaf. So um, they might've been calling. I just couldn't hear it, but I'm getting these faint calls. So I know I have to reposition myself. So I go ahead and um, I go get my Jeep and I grab, you know, everything, put it away and I'm, I'm driving up. Now, one thing I want to make clear. So last year when I was hunting this property, remember I was hunting deer. And I was hunting with a bow. So I was like, I just called it at, I think, you know, early, like, like about five o'clock, whatever. And I was like, you know, I'm not seeing any action. I'm just going ahead, button up and go. So I boxed my, my bow and, you know, closed the case, locked it, all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm driving away. And as I'm driving away into this field, there's this freaking deer right in front of me, just watching me. And I stop and it's just looking at me. It's like grazing a little bit. I'm like, what? So I get out of the Jeep. And I'm coming out. I'm slowly trying to do this, I'm trying to get my bow out. And man, I'm telling you, there's no way I could get a draw on this thing. By the time I get to the point where I'm thinking that, hey, I'm going to have an opportunity here, that thing took off. So I learned from this. So when I stored my shotgun, I know I'm still in the fight. 
I just put it in the sleeve. I still got rounds in it. It's on safe, but I'm ready to pull this thing if I need to. That's a lesson learned from this fall. So as I'm driving, going to my new position, I come up about halfway through this wooded area. To my left is like this tall hay. It's like almost as tall as the Jeep. To the right is the wooded area. So I got this very small channel I'm driving through. And, you know, my right side is very tight branches. And then I see in between this little gap of a trail, little, little, little turkey goes running around. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I stop. I turn the Jeep off. And I'm like, holy cow. So I said, okay, you know what? Generally, because t- turkeys generally are in flocks, right? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get out. And I'm going to, I feel, because didn't, I didn't see any it going flight or anything like that. I said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go light and do a little bit of running gunning here. So I get out of my driver's side of my vehicle. I go around my Jeep. I get on the right side, right passenger door. I go in the sleeve. I pull out my shotgun. And I'm, you know, get my hood back on and all that stuff. I'll cami back up. And as I'm get walking forward of my Jeep, this gobbler comes right out. And I see its head sticking out. And it was my shot right there. And I'm telling you, just little legs were moving and stuff. And that, that neck was stretched. And I'm like, there it is. And I took my shot. Boom. And I got it. And I'm a little excited. But I notice it's still kind of up. And I'm not taking any damn chances after this crazy day am i going to lose this turkey so i take a follow-up shot immediately and this is what i kind of taught my son you see it's still kind of up you point right back at that face and you take a follow-up shot and that's what i did well when i was taking that shot one of the things that when you want you always do at least everything that i've researched everything else now remember this is my first turkey okay i'm i went my first turkey hunt with chuck last year about this time so one thing I researched, the very first thing you look for before you pull that trigger is you want to look for that beard. So I, I saw a beard. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, great. Take that shot. Now, it wasn't that big of a beard. Okay. So when I walk up to this bird, I'm thinking, oh, man. Then I realized, hey, you know what? I got a bearded hen because I'm looking at it. It's like, man, I got that real blue head and stuff and all that. And I'm like, well, at least it's bearded. But it was a very like thin three-inch kind of beard. Um, I don't know if any of y'all, uh, have ever gotten hens. I'm pretty sure you have, but this one, uh, it obviously this is my first experience. And I was like, man, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was a little disappointed, but then I was also excited as well. I took a moment to just appreciate the fact that I had this opportunity after everything that happened throughout the day, I was like, I got success. And this has been a year of work, you know, between going out and starting out on my very first turkey hunt with Chuck reading up on the stuff, getting the excitement of it, doing the calls, trying to be patient, working through all those different crazy things that happen between getting stuck, having to get unstuck, people in my hunting area that weren't supposed to be there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this all happened. Now, this by the time I actually got shots on this bird, it was after three o'clock. And what's kind of interesting is all the opportunities that I've had this year, uh, with my between me, my son, and all that have been in the afternoon after three o'clock. I, I we haven't had an opportunity in the morning, anything like that. So it's kind of crazy. And I know there's those magic hour between ten and two, but hey, you know what? It seems like I'm a, I'm a good afternoon hunter this year. Um, but I was super super excited about this. So I went ahead and field cleaned this thing. I I, I kept the the feathers off the wings. Um, I definitely kept the fan. And what I, I was planning on keeping the beard, but I left it in the pile of feathers when I was plucking the uh, turkey itself. And I totally forgot about that. And obviously, I didn't keep the feed. There weren't no spurs on it. I think sometimes hens do grow spurs. I was reading up on that kind of today. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't keep the feed or anything like that. But I got the whole bird and I'm going to use the whole thing. So I'm pretty excited to get this thing at some point cooking. But what's cool is this weekend coming up, I'm going back out to that same spot and I'm going out uh, Friday morning with my son and I'm going out with another friend of mine on Saturday. So hopefully we get another one. Hopefully my son gets one. I'm pretty excited, but what a challenging hunt and what a great day. I'm very fortunate. And again, um, I probably say it almost every show, but Chuck, again, I'm, I'm very grateful you took me out and make a turkey hunt out of me. And hopefully on this hunt, I made you proud. We'd like to feature your success in outdoor adventures, so shoot us the pics over to us with a brief story. 
Route16.com and select contact. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com and select contact. On target. What's up, everybody? It's Ron with Riker USA coming to you on the Route16 Grind podcast with your on target practical tactical tip of the week. So we have been talking about our EDC, our everyday carry. And to recap, we first did clothing selection. If I carry this, can I wear that? If I wear that, can I carry this? Followed by holster selection and body type, followed by bags, weapons retention, uh, and and being a responsible gun owner. And this week, we're going to talk about the difference between being a left and right-handed shooter when it comes to carrying concealed, whether it be apex, smaller back or on the hip, but in a sitting position, whether that be at a desk, at a restaurant, at a conference table, uh, or more commonly, driving your vehicle. Being left-handed, I have had to... Uh, constantly find a way to make things work for me, uh, seeing as how I live under left-handed oppression. And and it's something I've suffered from my whole life. And uh, I, I joke about it, but it, it's kind of, you know, real. And where I'm getting at is prior to the war, prior to 9-11, the tactical industry didn't exist. It wasn't what it is now. And the stuff that was out there, it was damn near impossible to find anything left-handed shooter specific, seeing as we make up 9% of the population. So this has always allowed me to be, um, you know, forward thinking, super creative. And this is why I always talk about, you know, your gear has to, it has to be value added. It has to work for you. And it also has to be function over fashion. So I've made a lot of my equipment. I've bought stuff and modified it. And, um, you know, for whatever the, 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 the mission I had at that time. And I will continue to do that. And that's also probably what helped me lead to the creation of the Riker Grip. But getting back on target here is uh, say you're a left-handed uh, shooter like I am. And you're carrying in the apex position and you are driving your car. And the, you know, you pull into your parking, a parking spot, you know, at a, you know, grocery store, wherever, and someone comes up and they try to carjack you being left handed and you're going to try to retrieve your pistol, your, your arm, you're going to have to over rotate and you're really going to be behind a power curve. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Uh, so this is where I have my vehicle and I train myself to fight out of a vehicle as a right-handed shooter. So I have, there's a ton of options out there uh, for holsters within inside your vehicle. And I have a pistol I keep in a holster uh, on the side of my seat with a mount that was made by Condition Zero Mounts, uh, another Marine veteran-owned company um, out of Texas. And you Jeepers that are gun people, you need to check him out because he also has something called the Rackbone, which I'll cover in another episode. But it, uh, he also specializes in Jeep accessories. So he uh, has this bracket and I have a G-code tension retention holster on it. So if I was to get assaulted, get carjacked or something or had to fight out of my vehicle, I'm coming out right-handed because it just works that way. I could also retrieve my pistol with my right hand and shoot through the door if I had to. So this concept, think about this as being a right-handed shooter and being in the passenger seat of a vehicle. Uh, this is, think about that in the aspect of law enforcement, a right-handed shooter trying to get their pistol with all that equipment on and, you know, on the right seat is going to be a little bit difficult. So these are things to think about, um, you know, with your everyday carry lifestyle and your concealed carry commitment. Now, another, you know, taking this one step further and thinking about sitting in a restaurant, uh, do you, you know, being left-handed, I would prefer to sit in with my left side towards the wall rather than have my left side exposed, uh, you know, to, you know, to everybody walking by. Uh, again, concealed means not visible to the public. I prefer to sit on the inside of a booth uh, if sitting at a table, I would just position myself where I'm not going to print. Uh, I would be able to defend uh, and I can have a good visual uh, presence of of the the place that I am at. You don't always have to sit 
with your, you know, your back uh, or your front facing the door. You just have to have good situational awareness. And then a line from uh, from one of my favorite movies is Ronan. And in the beginning, there's a part where De Niro's going into the bar. Before he goes in, he leaves his 1911 out back and then goes in the front. And then when they're moving to get into the van, she says, what were you doing out back? And he bends down and he picks up his pistol and he says, lady, I don't ever walk in a place I don't know how to get out of. So I've said this before is just because you walked in that front door, that might not be the way that you are leaving. Understand where the exits are, understand other points of egress and things that are going to, you know, benefit you when you have to move yourself, family and friends uh, off the X to safety. So all these things being left and right handed, uh, they come into play and you should be thinking about these things. Uh, One other thing I did want to add about my holster selection for in the vehicle. Like I said, I have that bracket that mounts on my seat, but I have a left-handed holster on it the way it's set up for shooting as a right-handed shooter. So these are all things to think about. Um, again, I'm a, you know, you guys want questions, have ideas, hit me up and I'll be happy to, you know, email, text you, you know, whatever. But, uh, these things, uh, this is stuff that's fun to me. I think about it, but I also practice it and I teach it and I live it. So uh, again, I, I, I say the things like concealed carry lifestyle and concealed carry commitment because that's what it is. So you want to be good at your craft. You want to practice and you also want to be prepared. You, you don't ever want to be, uh, don't be a victim, remain situationally aware and understand your surroundings, your environment, and your abilities. Remember, there are no superpowers. You will only only rise to your level of training and preparedness. That's it. So uh, thank you for listening, and uh, uh, have a great week. Hope everybody is – hopefully by the time you've heard this, the coronavirus uh, fiasco is getting, uh, getting to be almost done, and we're getting back to normal. And uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Hey, this is Mickey G. And, uh, you know, last week I thanked all the first responders and hospital workers and healthcare workers. But uh, I left out the true heroes of uh, the coronavirus thing, all the parents that are homeschooling their kids. And I also feel sorry for the kids being homeschooled because now paddling is back on the table as a form of discipline. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to ask a question about uh, hunting season. I know you talk about turkey hunting. I think it's a couple of weeks long, if not a month month or two long. But uh, how come groundhog, we only get to hunt them on that one day? Yeah, I know that's not a good one. Let me see if I come up with something better. No, I think that's it. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Yeah, I tell you what, my wife and I were actually talking about the uh, homeschooling situation right now. Uh, you have some families, uh, probably have some challenges. They may not have internet in a home. Um, you know, just different things and different aspects that are, that are going on and you know, that's why there are certain things I just do not want to complain about uh, because there are challenges I'm not even dealing with that other families have to. And I agree. But hats off to those families that had to adjust their entire life with their kids being home. And uh, it, it might be easier for some, but not for all. Absolutely. I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't begin to know how some people are doing it. Like you said, I mean, I. It's impacted me, obviously, but, you know, luckily for, you know, our family, it's, uh, you know, a few minor nuances we had to adapt and overcome, but many people had to completely restructure their lifestyle, not only, you know, work, but, uh, you know, uh, their daily routines and then adapting around uh, homeschooling up to, you know, five or more kids of all different grade levels, et cetera, you know, with basically little to no material. I mean, I know we did it as a society for many, many years, but, um, you know, to just pick it up and run with it and, you know, give your, give your kids every advantage that you possibly can for them to succeed is definitely something that, you know, we need to appreciate and respect the challenge that some people had to, you know, just kind of encompass and take and run with it. 
Want to support the show? How about becoming a Route 16 Grind Patreon today for as little as a buck a month? And it's not just a contribution, but an investment that goes directly to the show. Help this podcast expand and grow. Check out the show notes for the links to our Patreon page. In the Rock, Mud and Dirt is brought to you by Warren Industries. At Warren, we pour our effort and our thirst for adventure into every product we make. You better believe American pride runs deep here in Clackamas, Oregon. Here, a small army of engineers, technicians, machinists, and assemblers design and refine Warren products, bringing them as close to perfection as possible. Their work is backed up by legendary quality control that doesn't just stand up to rigid Warren standards. It lives up to the toughest demands of the world's top vehicle manufacturers and military suppliers. How do we know? Because they've partnered with Warren for decades. This quest for peerless reliability, this Warren difference, will be around as long as Warren Industries is in business. At least another 70 years. Go prepared. Go Warren. Welcome to the Rock, Mud, and Dirt the segment where I talk about people, brands, and products, and events from the off-road world. With many off-road trails closed, events being canceled, staying at home, business going on, many of you are probably burning through numerous YouTube videos. Don't you wish there was something out there that could bring the challenging trail experience to you? Well, look no further than the off-road experience that Mud Runner and Snow Runner bring to you. Released in October of 2017, Mudrunner puts you behind the wheel of many powerful all-terrain vehicles, each with its own characteristics and attachable equipment. These vehicles are designed to endure the most extreme conditions and terrains. Venture across extreme landscapes with only a map and compass as your guides. Complete objectives and deliveries by enduring extreme conditions across wild sandbox maps with dynamic daylight cycles. Overcome muddy terrain, raging rivers, and other obstacles that are all realistically react to weight and movement of your vehicle, powered by the game's advanced physics engine. And according to some of my sources, there is even a Jeep Wrangler pack that includes four different model of Jeeps. SnowRunner, released in April of this year, puts you in the driver's seat of powerful vehicles as you conquer extreme open environments with the most advanced terrain simulation ever. Drive over 40 vehicles from brands, from pickup trucks to large earth movers movers and heavy haulers. Overcome mud, torrential waters, snow, and frozen lakes while taking on perilous contracts and missions. Expand and customize your fleet with many upgrades and accessories, including an exhaust snorkel for heavy waters, chain tires, or battle the snow. Both of these games allow you to ride solo or with other players in a four-player cooperative. Both games are available on PC, Xbox One, and Sony PlayStation 4. So if you are tapped out of Netflix, YouTube, and workouts, maybe traveling on a virtual adventure playing Mud Runner or Snow Runner might be in order to help you satisfy that urge to hit the trail. I, I gotta say, man, I'm not a gamer at all. With uh, you? I have a... I have a PlayStation 4 that my friend got me, and it is a glorified algorithm that connects me to Netflix. So, (laughs) uh, you know, I I mean, not that I'm against it or anything like that. I think if you have a good balance of, you know, physical activity, outdoor activity, and then, you know, you're able to, you know, manage your time with it and not get too carried away, I think you can have a lot of fun with it. I think it does work on, you know, some of your motor skills with, you know, you know, your hand-eye coordination and stuff like that. And like you said, hey, if you're tapped out on YouTube, if you if you just cannot fathom another cooking show or woodworking idea or home improvement something on YouTube or whatever, definitely check this stuff out. I mean, I know there's similar simulation games for hunting, fishing. Uh, I, I know there's a, the, the, what's the popular one? There's a, the Call of Duty um I have my own quarrels with that just because of previous life experiences. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's some good ones out there that can definitely uh, scratch that itch to, you know, give you kind of a virtual reality of the things that we may not be able to experience right now. I think for me, I understand that a lot of our listeners probably are gamers. Uh, They fit into that. Uh, I, for myself, my son, he plays games uh, and no problem with that. Um, but when I first saw this, I actually found out about it through Four Wheeler Magazine. Uh, I was reading through it and I was like, what's this snow runner thing? And I started looking at it. I was like, oh my goodness. And the videos they put, I mean, think about it is, and I don't have an appreciation of video games because I just don't play them, but the promo spots that these things have, I totally got the hook. But I also know, and I think you kind of led up to it. 
video games are super addictive and that's why I stay away from them. I mean, that's absolutely the reason that that is it. Not because I did never play them. I absolutely did. But I remember when Duke Nukem was out, me and my buddy used to sit up in our barracks, dude, and play Duke Nukem. Like we were going through uh, one of our shooting packages and, you know, that gets done late in, a, in the in the evening. We'd stay up to like three, four in the morning playing that. <laughs> Get up at five, you know, like, holy cow, dude. Like we were so sucked into that. But uh, I will tell you, if you are a gamer... Or if you're just somebody that you kind of just need to, you know, settle that itch because you're not able to hit the trails you want to. This looks like something cool. Um, you don't need to go out even, you don't even, what I liked about this too, you didn't have to go out and buy a PlayStation uh, or a Xbox One. They have, they have this available on PC. As long as your system meets the metrics to play it well, a good graphics card and RAM, I think you'll be okay. But you know what? It's pretty cool. I'm not saying I'm going to check it out. But uh, maybe I will check it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it now, Brian, just some of the quick clips and images. And it's really good graphics. I mean, looks like it's, yeah, it's pretty fun. cool. I, mean, I, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And I did. I My very first search was, hey, does SnowRunner have a, a Jeep thing? Because obviously I'm a Jeep guy. And that's when uh, I started finding out about MudRunner and, you know, good old Reddit hooking a brother up. And I'll tell you what, I, I was really, it was interesting because I also had an XJ in there. A lot of times the XJ gets overlooked, but they got an XJ in there, guys. So you can probably check out Mud Runner as well. Uh, uh, nope. They've got a 2500 HD lifted Denali. I'm hooked too. <laughs> <laughs> Want to be on the show? Maybe share with us some interesting hunting, fishing, overlanding, wheeling, or adventuring news? Then give us a call at the Route 16 Grind Hotline at 919 694 3356, and maybe you will be on our next show. Since 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the industry leader in automotive security. Tuffy has a variety of vehicle-specific consoles, drawers, and lockboxes. Tuffy manufacturers adventure-ready organization and security for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. The Cup of Joe segment is brought to you by C-State Coffee. Have you ever actually drank good coffee? Stop wasting your money on old, stale coffee from the store and make the switch to C-State Coffee. C-State Coffee is a United States Marine Corps veteran-owned and operated roastery selling premium coffee that's roasted on order and delivered fresh to you. Order your coffee today at www.cstatecoffee.com. Man, that was a pretty good show. I enjoyed sharing that story about Turkey, and I'm pretty excited. And I don't want to discount the fact that it was a hand. Believe me, I, I was very, very excited. Uh, I felt, oh, I'm not even joking, I felt a tiny bit bad. But here in North Carolina, you can get a bearded hand. It's cool. But that's one of the things that was harped on me, and especially through my research, is making sure to identify the uh, beard and then take the shot. That's important. It'll eat all the same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. They'll taste just the same. Uh, now, you know, it's kind of like Jesse from eight point outdoor talking about, yeah, I got a Jake, but you know what? They taste just as good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, we all start somewhere and I, I mean, the amount of adrenaline I know that you felt and it, you know, <laughs> I had a small window, time. man. I literally, all I saw was head beard shot. That's exactly what went through my mind. Uh, and the head was more or less an aiming point. And it's so funny. I just, all the reinforcement I did with my son. I mean, that's one of the things is, you know, I don't just say it. I do it is I aim, I take that breath. I mean, I just apply all those different things. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, I mean, I was so proud. And I, that second shot though, man, it, I don't know if I got like a couple of the, you know, pellets merged into one or something. Um, I was using a uh, nitro Turkey by Remington five shot. Um, it goes about 1300 feet per second. My shot was about, uh, 20, 25 yards is what the shot was. I, I measured it out, uh, with my laser finder after the fact, cause I didn't know to really, you know, that was a guy out of the vehicle got the shotgun there. It all happened so fast, but I measured everything out and, uh, I, the, uh, the head split. Uh, mm -hmm. I got it like right at like the, the beak area and an exit at an angle that way. And I, I literally just, it wasn't a pretty sight, man, as far as that head. I don't know if it was, I don't know, that, but it was a, the, the shot. I don't know if you, anybody, any of y'all have experience with the Nitro Turkey by Remington five shot. Um, yeah, I swear by it. That's all it's going to go in my load nowadays. It's what a three that? and a half 12? inch shell. 
Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask the specific 12 gauge, you know, high brass, three and a half inch, whatever. Yeah. It's a three and a half inch, uh, low 12 gauge. And yeah, I was pretty impressed by it and stuff. So, but yeah, it's sitting in the freezer right now and hoping, uh, to get a, you know, maybe a friend or two to these next couple of days. What do you, uh, what do you think you're going to do with it? You're going to like roast it, fry it. You're going to, so my dad actually just got one too. I wanted to mention. So shout out oh, to yeah. you pops. <laughs> he, uh, he got a 10 inch beard, Tom. I tell you what, this man has got a rabbit's foot and a horseshoe somewhere lodged in his trousers for turkeys. Like he might go years without deer, bow, muzzleloader, rifle, whatever. He'll kill a big one all of a sudden, but like his passion is turkey hunting and like, He's gotten triple bearded, triple beard, 12 inch birds before. And I'm like, where do you even yeah. find these things? I yeah, you can. <laughs> I, I read on it. I never, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I haven't been turkey hunting long, but I definitely read on the triple beers and stuff like that. And, you know, the different age and beards and all that kind of stuff. And it's pretty impressive when you hear, like Jesse was sharing during his uh, interview, he got uh, one with one with a spur and one with a naked leg. It was just, yeah. you know, those oddities that kind of happen out there. But I think I'm going to fry it only because I, when I do our turkey dinner, I have this recipe that I use for turkey frying and I want to see how it tastes with the wild turkey. And that's the only reason why I'm frying this one. But I think if we get more, I'm going to break them down. I'm going to smoke them. Uh, it's yeah. kind of playing with those. That's definitely a good way. I mean, I've had a fried turkey like one time and I'm talking like butterball 12 pounds yeah. in the store. And I mean, I liked it. It just, you, you use a lot of oil. It's, Dude, I mean, you, it can be dangerous if you, you know, don't actually be mature about it. Uh, but, um, I mean, I definitely want to play with it again. I think I'll send but, you a recipe that I use, man. It's super easy. And I got it from a friend of mine. It's amazing, man. Yeah. It is so simple, yeah. so easy. I uh, just got to wash the temperature, but yeah, it, it is great. But I think that's kind of, yeah, the, the, you know, again, we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow and the next day. And so, hopefully uh, we got some friends for the freezer. Yeah. Uh, one thing he does like to do, um, you know, but you can break it down. It kind of like, like you said, he'll smoke the legs and the, the wings and stuff like that, but he'll actually take the breasts and just because wild turkeys sometimes get a bad rap for being tough or gamey or whatever, he actually grinds them up like a turkey burger, but then does like a, like a normal, like if you were making venison sausage or something like that, it'll actually mix just a, 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 uh, like a third portion of pork sausage in with it, little heat, you know, some pepper flakes we right. like that and makes like a turkey sausage. And my goodness, are those good? Yeah, I, I mean, I know some friends of mine, they'll just breast it when they get it and stuff, but I, I really want to try and use the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I really did. Um, and it, I, it takes a while to clean those things, you know, get all those feathers <laughs> off and stuff. It, it mean, believe me, it, it does. Um, uh, I think, I think, uh, taking the feathers and trying to be careful, keeping the skin on all that kind of stuff. I think I spent about an hour. That was what I want to say. Found a tree. I hung it up. Now, some people will clean it from the top, from the neck down that way. I went bottom up. I hung it, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, from its feet, uh, took the neck off, cleaned up around the breast, take all the yellow and stuff off the fat and everything. And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, went through the bottom and, uh, gutted everything out and pulled everything out and, and stuff. I didn't keep the heart and all that stuff. That's just, I know some people, that's their thing. It's just not mine. Um, and, uh, but I got, you know, pretty much all of it. And I, I the cool thing too, is I kept the wing feathers and not because I want to keep all of them. I think they're just cool little things to give away. Like I gave some to the kids in the neighborhood. When I go back to like work, work, I'll probably give some to some people, you know, um, they're just nice little neat little tokens you can probably give to mm-hmm. somebody. And I think it's kind of interesting. And again, you're appreciating the animal that, that you are able to take and harvest. And, and, uh, again, it can be appreciated in many different ways, but yeah, I- I think you hit it with appreciation because I'm sitting here and I'm just, I mean, not that you touched a nerve or anything, but I I do know. And it's like one of my things. It's like, if you're a hunter, just please do the animal and the environment a little bit of a common courtesy. And don't just be that guy that will kill a deer, a whole deer. And then you cut the two tenderloins out and leave the thing lay yeah. or like you said, breast it out. And I mean, I understand you may not like everything on a bird, but like, or, or a deer or whatever. But like, if you do take that animal's life, at least 
do it the honor of dressing it out and, you know, using everything that it has given you to be used. And it, even if you don't use it, you know, uh, give it to somebody who does like it. I mean, and I know people are going to argue the point of, oh, well, it, you know, it feeds the ecosystem. Coyote's going to eat it or whatever. Yeah, it may very well, but you took that animal's life, you know, on terms that weren't of natural causes. So, you know, at least try to be resourceful. Yeah, my, I think you could point. always, you know, he said, you can always try and make sausage out of it. And and if you don't know how to do it, you can learn. And, and also, you, you probably could find someone that makes it. There's a great guy that, you know, is about 20 minutes from me. And I know if something doesn't turn out, you know, the, the way I want it. I mean, I can easily just say, you know what, can you make this part sausage? So there you go. Be, be a responsible conservationist. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because we, if you just go around killing everything for fun and only taking the prime cuts, then our children, grandchildren, great, great grandchildren aren't going to have them to hunt because, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the uh i i know if you saw like the recent posting i had i won that glock 19x yeah uh yeah it Lucky was like you <laughs> it was a, so my friend his son goes to uh like an aerospace academy it's like a high school out, out by outer banks north carolina and it's such a long name that i'm gonna won't do it justice but he's a part of the hunting uh club inside of that school system and uh I just gave him money. I just donated like 40 bucks. I want to say 20 bucks a ticket, gave him 40 bucks just to help his you know son out because they're doing something cool. And he called me up out of the blue one weekend. And it was probably like a month ago, actually, when I found out that I won. And he said, Hey man, you, uh, you won. I was like, what did I win? What are you talking about? I totally, he's like, you don't even know. I'm like, no, man. And I think he had me on speaker during that thing. And, and, uh, he's like, well, you know, you, you won the, you know, you want the, the Glock 19X. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> right on. Yeah, of course. And so it took a little bit for me to go pick it up just because I've been so busy. So I finally went down to the gun shop I, I go to generally around my area and, went and picked it up and it's pretty nice man it's like the uh military issue model that the uh the, i think the army got contracted for and stuff it's got a glock 17 like frame and a 19 upper and yeah it's it's a pretty sweet it's got a great uh finish on it and it's pretty sweet i'm looking forward to uh getting some rounds down range with that but yeah that was about supporting uh you know next generation of hunters right there uh just get involved with that and want something cool out of it and because i i tell you I'm all about that. I really am doing that with my son and it's, you got to do it, get involved. You can't make a hunter without a hunter, you know, and it, mm -hmm. it takes that good mentorship and, and, uh, that solid education that you're able to pass on. And, and then I think as you as a hunter, you know, that every day, every time you go out, you should always be learning too. So I think that's another part of it, but you know, switching from hunting, cause we could probably talk all show about that too. You know, I, I'm so grateful to Sea State Coffee, Christian. Thank you so much. We were talking uh, just recently, and he gave out that great uh, discount code. And I'm telling you, it's just, we don't just promote Sea State Coffee. They don't just sponsor us. Like, I'm I'm addicted to that coffee, man. It is so good. And now you're talking to a guy that just drank Folgers, you know, instant coffee before all this. That was, And I've had great coffee, people. I've been all over the world. And I've had great coffee and all that. But I've never had a coffee that I'm willing to actually invest in. I like Folgers because it was easy and it only cost me like eight bucks for like 120 servings and the instant coffee, you know, thing that you buy at the store. I'm like, perfect. That's me. Well, until I had seasick coffee, it all changed. I went out and got me a grinder because this stuff comes whole bean. It's not like that ground mm -hmm. roast where you lose a lot of flavor and stuff like that. Um, I've had other brands, tried them out. I'm like, nope, this is the only one I'm willing to put my money to put in my coffee cup and drink away. And you don't need to add anything to it. Like most of the time with coffee, I need to add something to it. Not this. It's freaking good. And you can use grind 10, G-R-I-N-D 10 and get 10% off your order. And you should definitely check that out, man. And I, Ethan, I owe you some coffee, man. I need to make sure to get that to you. I know. You keep saying we're going to meet. We never Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we need to do that. Well, you know what? We need to get together anyways, man, to get my uh, – I need to get my bow out. And I know I could learn a ton from you. And I definitely want to practice with you um, before deer season so we can go on a hunt together. 
Absolutely. That sounds great. But yeah, I, I definitely want to, <laughs> I want that coffee because, you know, like you said, Folgers, it's cheap, it's easy, Maxwell House, you know, but I've had Turkish coffee all, you know, like you said, you've had coffee all over the world. It's great. And I'm a black coffee guy. I mean, you know, there's that rare time that you like a little bit of every now and then I'll put a dash of sugar-free French vanilla in or something like that. But, um, I'm through and through. I love black coffee. Now I'm not, te- <laughs> I would not call myself a coffee connoisseur because I know some people are out there like, you know, people get into coffee, like people get into scotches and whiskey. So right, not, right. I'm, I'm not going to throw that in the room, but, um, you know, I, I do enjoy like death wish and multiple black rifle coffee company brand or, uh, kinds because it's you know obviously what they support and stuff like that but it is really good coffee but yeah obviously coming on board and um the to be an ambassador for c-state you know it's it's a great thing what they're doing and i love what they're the products that they're putting out and obviously what they do for the show yeah man and you know what they are veteran known uh christian former marine in fact former reconnaissance marine sure. he, he supports the uh, marine con uh, marine reconnaissance foundation as well so uh, a lot of great things coming from that coffee brand make sure to go out there and support them remember to use grind 10 g-r-i-n-d 10 get 10 percent off your order and you know what speaking of orders i really want to thank uh the recent purchases from route one six um people hit me up buying some great things while they have some time maybe some of that stimulus cash coming in i don't know but i appreciate the business and how they did it was they just email me uh at route16 at gmail.com and we're able to chat for a little bit get their order out and they're able to receive it and i i tell you i don't really don't have a black friday because i try and give you the best deal every time i possibly can get so make sure to check that out as well but man dude it's been a really good show and and you know the light is at the end of time i think it's been really positive talking about this and we can now start looking at planning things you can start getting back into competitions um what is that uh, again, the IBO. What what was that again? That you're IBO is the International Bow Hunters Organization. Yeah, man. So uh, that's that's pretty cool, right there, man. And it'd be great to to see you out there and and start plucking away uh, or adding to a little bit more of your social media and let people experience that because I know they're following you. Oh yeah, and it's uh, <laughs> it's just kind of hard. It's like, oh, what are we, what are, what are we gonna put out? And I know that you know a, a lot of people are putting out, oh, this is what I'm doing today for quarantine and stuff like that. And like you said, it's it's ridiculous on how um, when you're supposed to be at home, it seems like I am the busiest. <laughs> yeah, it's been hard on both of us. I know our time has been very limited, and uh, you guys probably, as our listeners, noticed that on some of the shows we haven't been able to do recently. Every week we try to, but, uh, you know, both of our jobs have been pretty much uh, go, go, go ever since this quarantine thing kind of started up. And then all the other things that we have in our lives, family and and stuff that you definitely don't want to push aside and all that. And of course, turkey hunting, I definitely want to get out there. But um, I I definitely sense an itch there. I I, I sense a, a slight obsession. You know, I, I'll tell you, I was, I was, I've been working on those calls. I don't do diaphragm calls. I actually broke my boss call and I fixed it out there too. I should have told you all about that. I'm telling you now, I guess. But yeah, my boss call broke out there and that's like my go-to. And I have like the slate and all that stuff. Um, but I really do enjoy the box call. And yeah, my spring came out and stuff, but I was able to fix it out there. I was pretty happy. That took about 15 minutes to do because I'll be honest with you, I had no clue how the hell that thing worked initially. I didn't really take a good look at it. So I, it was deduction. I was like, why doesn't this thing stick? And uh, I was like, damn it. If I, lo- if I lose my call, man, it's getting even more sad. But I was able to pull through that and uh, I, get that I'm thing just, rolling, man. <laughs> I'm still just like... It, it, oh, man. I mean, it, I mean, your whole day, it's just, you know, it, a lot of people are, you know, it, it's real. It's, we're, we're, we're real out here. We're telling real stories. Yeah, you know? man. Like, it was a day of Murphy. We don't go out and go call, call, call. And then 20 minutes later, a 12 inch beard comes strutting out. Right? It's like, no, yeah. we go out, we get stuck. People blow our spots. Then we just say, hell with it. I'll fish with you, but I'm still going to call. Yeah, I, no I I was in the fight, dude. I was like, man, you know what? I'm, I just I didn't want. I kind of just when I especially after I saw that one, I think that's what. If I didn't see that one fly by, I don't know how committed I would have been 
when the people showed up and all the stuff like that. But because I knew, I was like, I knew for a fact because I saw one, they're in the area, even though I wasn't hearing any calls or anything come back until um, later. Um, but I think that really energized me in a way. And what's, and this sounds, this is going to sound gross. I, I know it is. And I apologize to listeners that, I mean, this may not be your thing. I hope it is understand everything that I do as a hunting. I appreciate as a conservationist. I put it in my belly. This is not, you know, the excitement of a kill kind of thing, but this is going to, this part's going to sound gross. So when I'm, I was cleaning this thing. And so I'm, I'm taking off the neck and stuff. And uh, the uh, skin slid off. You know what I saw inside the neck? No idea. I saw some foliage, dude. Like, it didn't even get the chance to swallow its last meal, man. You're you're an animal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, oh, man, dude. You're like, savage. Like, yeah, I was like, I, I am not kidding. I was like, man, you even get to get your last meal, dude, or girl. But, yeah. yeah I mean, it's just part of it. You know, yeah. that's, that's uh, so many people just, oh, I just eat meat and I, I'm they don't it, it appreciate where it comes from, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially the organic whole food aspect of it and being a conservation of being a hunter and what it actually means. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's just part of it. You know, the fun is the, the hunt. And then right. once, once there's the yeah. kill, then the work starts. Oh but, my uh, gosh, man. So many emotions go through you at that moment too. Like, I, you just, know, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you. Go I'm ahead. just in shock and awe of your tenacity. I mean, hey, two dudes rolled up on me. I would be like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was well, like, that, screw it. I just go fishing. <laughs> I was prepared because when I went deer hunting, I split up my day between the morning, uh, going, you know, look, you know, trying to set up, waiting for something to come by, see if I can get no action. I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to go ahead and go fish. So I made sure to bring my fishing pole uh, to this spot too. And that's what's a great thing about this spot. Maybe you and I will hunt this one in the fall. Um, great property that, that, uh, that I'm, I'm able to get on. And, um, yeah, it's just great because you could literally break up your day. So even if I get a gobbler or my son gets a gobbler early tomorrow, we're still bringing the fishing poles. We're, I mean, I will clean it, yeah. do it, throw it in the cooler and maybe, you know, get a couple fish on top of it, man. You know, who knows? It's a great surf spot. Turf. That's uh Sandhill Surf and Turf, they call that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I, I I I do have to mention. So yeah, everybody's probably wondering, hell, Ethan, why why aren't you turkey hunting? What's going on? Or even you, you're probably like, why aren't you getting out there? <laughs> um quite frankly, I still don't have I know you're just going to be like Fort Bragg, dude, you're Fort Bragg, you know, go hunt the public lands, whatever. And I know I preach, I need to practice what I preach. I have not got out anywhere in North Carolina to scout. I have not located any public lands near me. Um, we haven't linked up to get somewhere to where you might be like, Hey, you know, this is a good start, you know, branch off from here. So that's, you know, 99% on me and that 1% of luck to where you run into a farmer or somebody and they're like, Oh yeah, please come hunt my land. But so I've kind of been waiting. Uh, Pennsylvania is actually about a month behind North Carolina. So May 1st-ish, like I said, my dad, again, shout out to you, Pops. Good job on the bird. But uh, they, he, it just came in about a week ago. So I still have the whole month of May. And my plan is to, you know, take like an extended weekend up there and hopefully bring you guys a success story of a, a nice guillotine decapitation with the bow yeah so man for sure and they're bigger up there yeah they're they're 20 25 30 pound birds if you can get a good you know big old tom yeah they got big birds up there but yeah the uh you know the video game thing you know we talked about like you know you gotta break up the monotony and stuff um I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I might, I might check it out, but I'm, I'm kind of afraid. I ain't gonna lie, kind of afraid because I'm like, what if I get addicted to it? You know, <laughs> you know that addictive personality. <laughs> hey, all I saw was like a tricked out logging truck going down a sheer cliffside. I mean, it, it might even just be a game to just blow off you some stress. You need to see the know, promo like a, clips, like, like a Grand Theft Auto, a G-rated Grand Theft Auto. Dude, you need to see the promo clips. It is like ice road trucker, you know, any off road like. It, it's crazy. Although they did have those, I mean, uh, if y'all, if you have one of those off-road Hummers, I apologize. It's just not my thing. But I was like, oh man, come on. But um, but yeah, if it, it is pretty, uh, I could see where if you're actually, you know, you got your headphones on, you're playing it, and you actually got one of those, uh, like you know, vibrating joysticks, all that kind of stuff like that. You know, like 
I could see where you would be like, holy cow, dude, this is kind of intense. Cause some of the things they were showing, um, you know, going through the gears, all that kind of thing. Like they bring that whole action to you, man. Um, yeah, I was, I was pretty, yeah, man. I mean, you know, nowadays they got all that interactive stuff going on and, and you know, I, I don't know how anyone can wear the VR thing over there. I was going to say, I That's, picture you in like a room. No, nah, man, VR. <laughs> that, that right there. I mean, I just know that I can't be, playing no game with something on my face that long i just i just don't but you get one of those curved screens dude you ever seen those like you know kind of half moon screens oh my goodness dude that's pretty crazy so now we're nerding out and stuff everyone's like man you guys are cool when you're talking about turkey hunt now you're like nerding out (laughs) i gotta like fast forward (laughs) but i don't know i might check it out we'll see I'll let you know if we cancel like the next six shows, we're probably playing, you know, snow runner or whatever. <laughs> yeah. If you guys miss us for one week, we're busy and we're sorry for that. But if, yeah. if we just, you know, disassemble it entirely, <laughs> it's cause snow runner. Well, y'all, Hey, thank you all for joining us. Remember if you have an idea, maybe you'd like to contribute to one of our segments. All you have to do is go to route 16com and select contact and let us know your idea. That's R O O T. O-N-E-S-I-X dot com and select contact. Thanks for listening to the Route 16 Grind. We want to thank our amazing sponsors, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, C-State Coffee, and Route 16 Off-Road for their support. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and more. Just look for Route 16. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X. Or just go to Route16.com. Until next week, plan smart, be safe, and as always, be prepared. Man, I'm so lucky.